On imom.com, we share ideas, insight, and inspiration. We do all that here too, by sharing the best kind of stories, mom stories. We're all at different ages and stages, but one thing we have in common is that we're striving, and sometimes struggling, to love our children well. It's the I'm Mom Podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the I'm Mom Podcast. Today's story is from Chloe. I'm Abby with Susan and Megan, who's actually in the flesh in the studio this week. Woohoo! Welcome. <laughs> uh, today's story is called Parenting Do-Over. You know, you can't undo the mistake that you made yesterday with your kids, but Today, we're going to talk about whether it's possible to not make the same mistakes that your own parents made. So go for it, Chloe. Um, okay, so I was chatting with a friend of mine the other day, and she knows that I'm going to share this story. But my friend Grace has a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and the other day she caught her three-year-old lying to her for the first time. So her daughter had poured apple juice out into the car and my friend watched her do it. And when she asked her daughter, why did you do that? She said she did not, in fact, pour the apple juice out in the car, but her sister did. And the one-year-old. Yeah, the one-year-old. <laughs> one-year-old. Um, but Which is actually bit, a plausible lie. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit about my friend. She grew up in a really um, rules-heavy, discipline-heavy home. And um, there wasn't a lot of conversation between her and her parents about the discipline she was receiving. It was just kind of do as we say and don't ask questions. Um, she's she's shared this story with me about how when she was in the first grade, she got in trouble and she got her star pulled or her, her bus moved mm. back, whatever it was. Oh, you got your clip moved down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she was just sent to her room with no explanation and she was really confused. So um, she wanted to be really intentional in this moment with her daughter rather than just going straight to disciplining her. She wanted to have a conversation with her. Um, this is why lying is wrong. You know, we need to trust you and trust is so important. And when we lie, it it breaks trust. So it ended up being a really cool moment between my friend and her daughter because they got to have a conversation around lying. And of course, there was a consequence, but it wasn't without an explanation. But her story opened up a larger conversation about how um, you can honor your parents for all they did right but also acknowledge that their parenting wasn't perfect and it may have left you lacking in some ways. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be cool to talk to you, wonderful women and amazing moms, <laughs> about how you've seen marks of your own childhood in the way that you parent. Mm -hmm. Well, this is interesting, too, since Megan and Susan are sitting across from each uh, other. So, oh, gosh, I feel Megan like I need to leave. I know. <laughs> so Megan can be transparent. <laughs> I mean, isn't that kind of every woman's thing is like, am I going to be my mom when I grow up? Mm -hmm. You know, you start to hear your mom's voice when you talk and you start to hear the things that she said when you are parenting your own kids. And I think it's a really beautiful thing in a lot of ways when it's the good the good characteristics and the good things that you want to carry on. Even some of the less desirable things that you're realizing, okay, there's a reason that she said that or there's a reason that she did that. So I think it's kind of nice to take on some of those characteristics of your parents. But I guess the question is when it's the unhealthy stuff, how do you process it and how do you unparent yourself before you start parenting your kids? Well, and I always wonder, too, did I, as a child, did I see the situation for what it was correctly? Or is that just how it came out in my mind? Yeah. Of what do you how mean about that? Out? Like, you know, did I remember that situation correctly? Or is it just how I saw it through my little five-year-old, mm -hmm. six-year-old lens? Well, I think that the things that most of us would want to do differently 
you know, the way that we want to parent differently than the way that we were parented have to do with things that are habitual. Those Mm -hmm. like constant, um, for example, maybe you were raised in a home where you only got attention when you achieved something. And then you, as you grow up, you kind of question your worth. You wonder, am I anything beyond that trophy or that grade? But you didn't have to deal with it until you have children. And then you see that reflected um, through them, or you start to see parts of yourself that were hidden before. Now, all of a sudden, okay, I have to acknowledge my child, even when she doesn't get the good grade, or even when she doesn't win or doesn't make the team. If you see yourself putting those constant charts on the walls and shooting for goals, then you say, okay, well, I'm, I'm noticing that there was a habit that I have to break, a, a cycle that needs to be broken. I think that it just takes being, I don't know, learning from our children. I think it's a really kind of a beautiful opportunity. Just because we're moms doesn't mean we stop learning and growing. We actually get to do it in a different way Yeah. now that we have these little little people. I think I had such a chill mom that there were many aspects of the way she parented us that I really loved that we probably should bring back to today's parenting because she did really let us all kind of explore and do things she didn't she didn't over parent us. You know, she wasn't like we did our own college ad- applications. She never helped. You know, even though my mom was a CPA, she could have kind of done lots of things to help us. It was more, hey, you need to learn to do what you want to do. If I wanted to try out for cheerleading, she'd say, that's great. Where is it? Oh, well, it's here. Well, you'll have to ride your bike every night because I'm making dinner at that time. And, you know, so I knew every night I was going to miss dinner because I was at cheerleading practice. So they were, they really did. In many ways, it was great because very independent. I got jobs early. I had to have my own spending money, a lot of self-responsibility. I have to say it wasn't great for all of my siblings. Mm -hmm. Um, It didn't work for my brother who needed more parenting. But then I look at how Mark and I parented our kids. And there are things I look at. I go, okay, we overdid it too much. We were too intentional. Can you be too intentional? Yes, you can. How do you think that happens? I think some of it was the culture of the time and where we lived and everything. It was... um, you know, your kids have to go to college and they have to do this and they have to go here and do that. And so you get them in sports, get them in this. There was definitely that culture of over-involvement and overachieving. I wonder if that's kind of the plague of this generation of parents. You know, there's the whole thing about um, kids that grew up in the 90s that grew up in like the positive self-esteem. You can be anything you want to be. You can do anything. How there's now some backlash to that. Um, I wonder if that's the the thing that this generation, the, like people like me that are are parenting right now, um, are we being so intentional and so focused on our actions that we're putting too much weight on them and not realizing that our kids are these individuals who, you know, are going to do what they want to do and can't be blamed necessarily for all of it or, I, or congratulated for all of it. I agree. I think moms put way too much pressure on everything they do, thinking that it's going to make or break their child. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard that quote? Um, I know what balance is. I see it as I swing past it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really relevant for like how we try to make up for what the generation before us did. And then we swing right on past yeah. that good spot and overcompensate and then end up doing a whole different round of, of damage. 
Yeah. Chloe, do you think there's any generational cycles that need to be broken in your family? Yeah. I'll tell you, I think that mine, and I, I wrote about this, was yelling. You know, my mm-hmm. mom, her go-to um, just reaction was to yell. And that's definitely mine. And I noticed it was mine I with my kids. I can't picture you yelling. Oh, I'm a yeller. Really? Really? Yeah. I'm a teeth. Okay, grit my, grit yeah. my teeth and yell. You also didn't think I'd kick people, but I'd do that too. So. <laughs> but only a couple of people. I'm that full of surprises. Bad. That's true. I don't walk around kicking people. Um, no, I'm a yeller. And so I've really been working on it because it's funny because the opposite side of my personality is also true. I like quiet. I like calm. Mm. I like to be calm with my kids, you know? Um, and so it must just be kind of all of that building up that finally comes out. And so when they don't listen, when they don't respond, it just, I explode. And I grew up getting yelled at a lot. And my mom is a great mom, but that was her go-to. And so I'm trying to break that because I've heard my older son yell at my younger son. I'm like, all right, we got to we got to put a stop to this now. So I'm working on little tools and things. And I think that's what you have to do if you're trying to break those generational cycles. First step is to see it. And then the second step is to grab some tools that you can use to, you know. So for me, I take some deep breaths. I walk away. I When I hear myself start to raise my voice, I like just make a mental note and then try to bring it down. Or then I apologize if I do yell. And so like, if I have to apologize over and over again, eventually, I'm probably going to stop yeah. doing it. Well, and one thought I had is what do you do when you see your parents or your in-laws parenting your kids, mm-hmm. like when they're visiting or whatever it might be, and using tactics that you know you don't like mm-hmm. that they used on you, you <laughs> <laughs> that they use on you, on your kids, and you're like, that I didn't. very tricky. It's very tricky because you don't want to be disrespectful and you don't want to, um, you know, you don't want to act to your own mother like you know better than she does. I mean, it's just the scary thing is like, you know, the damage, whether it was done to you or to your spouse, and then you're seeing it repeated Mm -hmm. on your own child. Mm -hmm. Mm. I experienced that in my family because I grew up telling really long stories and maybe I still do. And ironically, (laughs) this podcast is what we have now. Um, But my mom and dad, my mom used to like start to snore in the middle of my stories. (laughs) What? Yeah. Like sarcastically. Yeah. She didn't like fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, She was just like, or she would, you know, pretend to like pass out or fall asleep. Yeah. Or snore. And she does it to my boys now. So, and you know, like if you're nine years old, your stories ramble and you whatever, and she'll be like, (sighs) (laughs) and I'm like, mother, stop. (laughs) They roll with it. But I remember really bothering me because that was like my reputation was Abby's stories are really long. And so, like, I'm hearing her do it to them, and I'm like, please stop. And like, it really hurt my feelings. Radio. I know. See, I know. It's crazy. Know. She did not understand. She didn't. I was, I was honing my craft, yeah. I suppose. Uh, to that point, you know, I survived. So I'm not going to say anything to her about it because it's really not that big of a deal. But I think that there are some more serious things that some moms have to watch, like abusive things or, you know, words that are really harsh or really negative about food or mm. uh, things like that that I think um, – you do have to speak up about, but you just have to figure out a way, maybe after the, not in the heat of the moment, to have a conversation and say, here's what I did and to me. And some of it can not be intentional or in this case, you know, something bad. Like, I don't know your friend's case, Chloe, but I could see a very introverted mom mm-hmm. not having the words yeah. to tell a child um, why they got disciplined. Yeah. 
uh, and or maybe if they're an introverted mom and they have multiple children, really not having all the words all the time yeah. to explain. So her dad's dad was just an alcoholic and um, abusive and they were very, very, very poor. And her dad worked very hard and was very successful. Um, so he provided for their family in so many ways and just lacked that um, ability. I would say ability to ha- to give his kids emotional support, but he supported them in so many other ways. And she's able to appreciate him and, and her mom is, is very emotionally present. Um, but it's, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And right. you can only grow generation to generation and just hope to be better than the generation before, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm I'm sure we're all going to look back on things that we wish we would have done differently and hope that our kids can parent differently. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and like Susan said at the beginning, there's some things that we're going to do better than the generation before and some things that we'll mm-hmm. never do as well as they mm-hmm. did. It's just not going to be possible. What do you guys think of all of the Instagram accounts that are about parenting and like emotional parenting and like all the wisdom? If you follow 10 different Instagram accounts, you can be the best mom in the entire world if you follow every bit of advice that you that you read on there. But do you think there's um, a flaw in them or a danger? Well, I think what's interesting is I've seen so many that are such conflicting opinions Mm. that it's like, I don't know which, you know, do I spank my child? Do I not spank my child? Mm. You know, I mean, some some people think their kids need it because they've tried everything else and they they need a, a punishment that their child will respond to. And some are like, no, they'll grow up to be serial killers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. You're in trouble, Megan. <laughs> well, well, I'm just saying, I'm just using that as, as yeah. an example of there's so much conflicting because no one has all the answers. Right? And not every child is the same. same. Like you said yeah. your brother, what worked for you didn't necessarily work for your mm-hmm. brother. That's hard. So if, Susan, if one of the girls or one of your kids came to you and said, I don't like the way that you do this to my child, mm-hmm. do you think you would be tempted to say, well, you turned out fine? Like how I think. No, I would conform because I believe in boundaries. And, and mm-hmm. we had to do that with our parents. You know, there were, there were things that, especially if our kids stayed at their house or whatever, we have boundaries. And so we actually went to counseling about that. How do we set bound, boundaries for our parents? That we feel good about. So, what did I, you learn? Uh, that I don't set boundaries and I need to. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that so was productive. Okay. If Megan came to me and say, "Hey, we've decided. Hampton and I have decided. You know that with James, we're not going to blank." Then I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, which I totally agree with. I think what's hard is when a the parent doesn't know that they're doing it or realize that they're doing it. Yeah. Or b that they're still doing it. To their kids and as adult, like they're doing it to their adult kids mm-hmm. and so they don't see it as a problem. So they don't see it as a problem. Um, and so that's kind of something that I've experienced that's tough because, you know, you don't want to be like, you're wrong. Yeah. Right. Or it's just a right. difference of opinion. Like, for example, my dad loves taking his grandkids to McDonald's for breakfast to get like the pancake breakfast thing. My brother-in-law is a nutritionist and is like, don't give my kids that poison, you know? <laughs> I'm right in the middle. I'm like, I'm not going to give my kids McDonald's every day, but dad, if that's a special a treat, memory, yeah. yeah, then go for it. Yeah. So like my dad doesn't think McDonald's is bad. So when he's told by my brother-in-law, don't go to McDonald's, he doesn't, uh, yes, he should just do it because he's not the parent, but at the same time, like, yeah, 
you turned out okay. You had McDonald's, you know, again, I think that that I did this with you and you turned out fine is really like the go to response of a lot of and there is a there is a a a joy and a benefit to the grandparent thing. I, I will say I knew when I left my kids with their grandparents, when I came home, I'd say I would say it to Mark all the time. Okay, I'm really glad we're going on vacation, but I'm dreading the boot camp when we get back. Yeah. I knew when we got back, it was going to be boot camp, three days of getting my kids back in their schedule, back on the right food, back in everything. But that's what the grandparents are for. Yeah. Back back then, we said, well, that's what grandparents are for. They yeah. get to do all that fun stuff yeah. that we tell our kids no. And so it's okay because the kids learn hey, this is my real life. And then this is my fun life with the grandparents. And that to me is totally okay. And just something as a parent that you learn to get over. I'm talking about more. And let's be clear. You're not talking about me, right? No, 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 no. And this is is actually a story I heard from a friend. My friend has a sister and their mom has always been extremely critical of how they look to the point where it has led to multiple plastic surgeries Mm -hmm. at very early ages And their mom has had multiple plastic surgeries and is still encouraging them to have plastic surgery. And it's just led to this whole bad spiral. And the grandmother commented on the daughter's, on the granddaughter's appearance to her. Yes. And the mom was just so annoyed because she was seeing that the pattern that her mom created with her was now leading to her daughters at a very young age. And the, the grandmother, the mom, doesn't see a problem with it because... It's just something she does and something she wanted her daughters to do. And she thinks it'll make them feel better about themselves to change mm-hmm. themselves. And so she didn't like that it was. What did your friend do? What do you like? Did she set a boundary with her mom? No, because the mom doesn't take critical feedback well yeah. and doesn't respond to it well. Um, but she's like, what do I do? I don't want her making comments to my daughter, Yeah, especially at such a young age you know, saying that there's things wrong with how she looks. Yeah. Um, so she sees the problem, but she doesn't really know like how, how to address it. Yeah. That's so tough, especially with boundaries, because mm, it's hard to not go to a place of how is this person going to react when mm-hmm. I set the boundary and having the initial conversation is difficult, but I honestly think it's more difficult to keep the boundary and, and keep reminding the person of, you know, why why what they're doing is hurting. And uh, yeah, that's super There's tricky. a fine line between leaving and cleaving yeah. with your husband and setting up your own life and still honoring your parents. Yeah. It's hard. You know, so if the original question was, is it possible to parent differently than you were parented? I think that, you know, what if every mom to be, you know, every every lady that's about to have a baby asked herself these three questions. What did I like about the way I was parented? What would I not like to repeat with my own child? And how has my relationship with my parents evolved since childhood? And if you ask yourself those three questions, I think that that would reveal a lot. You know, for example, um, Chloe, you've talked a lot about what you liked about the way you were parented. What's one thing that you really liked about about that? Um, childhood? I, I knew I could talk to my parents about anything. I mean, doesn't just answering that question really gives you clarity, clarity for your purpose in parenting, yes, right? That's I mean, something I definitely want to do. I think that that would be like near the top of your list then. Or what would I not like to repeat with my child? So for me, I didn't want to yell. Mm-hmm. So there, that's going toward the top of my list. And then how has my relationship with my parents evolved since childhood? 
Um, Megan, do you think that you've like grown closer to your your parents? Have you grown farther away? Have you grown in respect? Like what way have you changed? I have grown so much in respect because I realized how difficult it is to parent and how you're really just a kid yourself trying to figure out how to be a parent and no one has all the answers and every kid is so different too. So what you figure out might work with the first might not work with the second. So you're almost like starting over again. Um, so it's really grown for me in respect because I just, there's so many things now that I'm like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I'm just trying to figure out what works yeah. and not mess them up for the rest of their lives. And I think that remembering that I think every parent does the best, most parents, not every parent, but most parents do the best with the information they have at the time. You know, you you parent as best as you can with what you know and what you're able to do. Um, so when it comes to our own parents, I think offering some grace <laughs> and and saying they did what they knew how to do, I think is important. And then make the changes from there. And then one more question that I think we can all ask ourselves is how am I, if you did have a bad childhood or you had a rocky childhood or there was things that happened that you don't want to do, you can ask, how am I going to make meaning out of the difficulties from my past? You know, if you say you grew up in a house where you had a parent who drank a lot, well, I'm going to use this to not date a guy that is a drinker. You know, like that's how you go forward from there. Well, I think Mark's a great example of that. His dad drank and he, that was part of the impetus for him starting All Were Dead, I, Mom, and Family First was he just... Their family had so much love for each other and still do, but there was something he missed because of his dad. His dad was there and present, but his situation was not always predictable. Which I think it's answering that question, making meaning out of the difficulty of your past is taking a bad thing and turning it into something mm -hmm. that's beautiful and, and can grow and can make one good things in the future. In what ways are you trying to parent differently or similarly to your own mom? Tell us via the link in the show notes. That's also where you can find links to um, some stuff we chatted about in today's episode, like how to be a good mom if you had a bad childhood. And thanks so much for listening. The iMom Podcast is hosted by me, Abby Watts, along with Susan Merrill, Megan Tigner, and Chloe Blumenthal. Edited by Isaiah Gunther.